It's K-Golasso time. We have Aaron West joining me today as we talk the transfer window, Arsenal, Europe all around, and what especially we can expect from the market. We talk about the United States men's national team as they begin January camp at the IMG Academy in Florida. We also talk about all predictions across leagues, including the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, and the Champions League. This and so much more as K-Golasso begins right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Que Golazo, as promised, uh, my brother, my brethren, mi hermano, Aaron West returns to the show. AW, what's up, man? What is going on, man? Always a pleasure to be here. Happy 2021, man. How you doing? I'm good. Happy 2021 to you too. How are you? How's the family? How's the baby? Good, man. Everything is good. Everyone's happy, healthy. Baby is happy and healthy. Wife is happy and healthy. I'm happy and healthy. I got a PS5, so everything's looking up for your boy right now. <laughs> yeah, so this is why I asked how everybody was doing. So I knew that uh, Aaron was just going to tell me right now. We saw, if you follow him on social, he tweeted, obviously, you know, the Baba is looking good. But most importantly, the PS5. How is it, man? Is it just ridiculous? Are you about to get divorced? <laughs> it's... It's wonderful. Uh, my, my wife went in. I told her it was like arriving yesterday. This is like, she's amazing. She was like, do you want me to just like take the baby and go to my parents for like a day, like 24 hours? I was like, uh, I don't know if it's a trick, but like, I would love for you to stick around. <laughs> you don't have to leave. <laughs> Wait, she's what? Actually, uh, That's amazing. She's not, she's not super happy about it, but like she's, she's accepted the fact that the PS5 is here to stay. Uh, it also helps that like, Video gaming is a part of my job now, so it's not like it's not just like a complete waste of my time. So I'm in like decent standing with the wife. Um, I also like made sure I did all everything I'm supposed to do and over above, like right when it arrived. So I'm like just making sure I don't get like banned from playing PS5 (laughs) or banned from the house. But the PS5 itself is amazing. The the loading times, the controller is great. The graphics is just beautiful. I'm I'm having a great time already. So FIFA must be crazy on that. It looks insane. Uh, it actually looks really foolish. It's like it's like approaching we're approaching the uncanny valley where things look so realistic that it like freaks you out. Uh, where I feel like yeah. the next next couple years we're gonna start to get that like really uncomfortable feeling when you watch, you play a video game. It's like ah, oh, my skin is kind of crawling. I don't like how realistic <laughs> this looks. <laughs> right? Because I have the PS4 still, obviously. And when you play FIFA, like obviously some players are like, oh my God, that is really good. Like obviously I use Villa all the time and Matt Target to me is like scarily exact. I feel like PS5, it will just freak me out. Oh man, like I loaded it up and like all the player models, when they do the zoom in, it's like, yo, this is weird. <laughs> this is a little weird. I'm not going to lie. If this dude looks at me wrong, I might square up in real life. Like, what's up? You, you might punch like, the TV or something. Are you coming here? What's <laughs> Yeah. I just got a new TV. I just broke my new TV. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, I'm happy for you and your PS5, uh, he says hesitantly. But still, hopefully I'll get mine later this year. But that's awesome. Listen, Aaron, uh, everybody, welcome Aaron West to the show. Obviously, we know from his work all over, including, of course, CBS Sports. He has some new hits that he does on YouTube where he gives his points of view and everything. The first one was obviously on his arsenal. And I kind of want to begin there, uh, AW. I want to talk about the Gunners. Last time me and you were talking on Kegolazo, it was a bad run. A little worried about Mikel Arteta and his team. But now things are looking good. 
uh, three wins on the trot. The transfer window is open. We know that they need to do business. Uh, first of all, before we get into the transfer window and, and the Gunners, how are you feeling about Arsenal, especially uh, this recent run as of late? A lot more optimistic than the last time we talked. I think I'd say um, it's it's been good to number one see. Like I don't know if it was completely by by his hand being forced, uh, circumstances, whatever. He's playing the kids, and the kids are like showing that they deserve to be played. Emil Smith Rowe, like I love him so much. I love him so much. His positivity, like the way he drives with the ball, his feet, like he's always working. Um, obviously, Bukayo Saka is incredible. Um, <clears throat> the fact that we haven't seen both through circumstances and selection, like David Louise in a while, love that. Absolutely love that. Uh, <laughs> massive fan of that. It's just, <laughs> things are kind of looking up, like things, like the form has started to turn around a little bit. I, I wouldn't say I'm like super optimistic, but things look better. Um, and we're in a really, like you said, we're in a really important period right now with the transfer window opening up and a little bit of chance that both trend some dead wood and, and get some quality into the side. Absolutely. And, and part of the transfer strategy, as we know from uh, James Bench uh, and Fabrizio Romano uh, here at CBS, uh, is that Arsenal needs to sell before they can buy. They know that they have to make some pieces. Obviously, at the back, they're already talking about uh, Kalanisac, you know, leaving, uh, maybe some other players, including, of course, Mesut Ozil. Uh, reports right now have like his agent basically stipulating that, you know, this should be resolved in a few days. Uh, I've been hearing, Aaron, maybe DC United could be a possibility. That's kind of insane. Imagine him yeah. and Edison Flores together. That'd be amazing. What are your thoughts about the Ozil move? I mean, you know, I think it's time for this relationship to end, right? Yeah, I think Messi was an incredibly loyal servant to the club. I think in some ways the club did him kind of dirty. Um, I think that, but it's time. It's, it's not good for him to just be sitting in the stands. Like he's still a footballer. He's still got years left to play. Like he needs to be on the pitch, like showing us his magic. Um, I would have loved to see that be at Arsenal, but it just, it's the time has passed. Like it's, it's, it's just not a good situation for either the club or the player at this point. And then he needs to move on. Um, I heard DC United, Fenerbahce. I think either of those are honestly good moves for him for DC United. MLS is not a such of a league anymore. Like, he will still be tested. He will still uh, actually get a decent run out. He'll get paid well. He'll get to build his brand in the U.S. Um, D.C. is actually, like, an interesting city for him because I, I like, low-key think it might be a lot of fun for him. Uh, D.C. is a dope city, but it's also pretty low-key, so he can, he can probably chill a little bit, which is, I think, also we have to talk about that. It's what a lot of these guys, they want some of that um <clears throat> anonymity they want to like live a better life <laughs> uh, outside of the spotlight um but Fenerbahce is kind of like the opposite end of the spectrum it like it is very uh, Fenerbahce is a high pressure environment for for a player to come in even though it's not a, a serious of a league as the Premier League Fenerbahce uh, those fans take everything <laughs> seriously Turkish fans are so so serious um Fenerbahce he's obviously got Turkish roots so I honestly I, th I think he's in a good position personally um, I think as a Messi Dotto fan, I am happy that he is going to be able to move on and kind of move into the future. I think it's just time. It's been a rough situation being an Arsenal fan and a Messi Dotto fan and watching them kind of be pitted against each other. Um, but for him personally, I think this is a good time. It's, it's time for him to move on. I think Arsenal fans are very grateful to Messi Dotto. I don't think he'll leave with any like some some may, but like 
in general, I think we have a very positive feeling about Otsu and his contributions. And then it's also good that those wages will be moved off the, the table. Like he's get, he gets paid a lot, a whole lot, and that can go somewhere else now. Um, so I just think it's a good situation for both for them to kind of part ways um, amicably. <laughs> yeah. No. He still clearly loves the club, but the, 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 the hierarchy is just not in his favor. Yeah. And, you know, he has to think about, you know, what he wants in his final years uh, uh, as a player. And you make a good point. You know, it's, you know, DC United is actually one strategy for him and Fenerbahce is another one. It's like, it depends on, you know, obviously both he's going to give it his all, but they're very different markets, uh, especially in the way of life. So it'll be interesting to see what decision he makes. All right, let's talk about the fact that Arsenal will be making some deals. I mean, we're talking about also maybe uh, Buendia, Emiliano Buendia from Norwich, a very, very good player. Uh, I like that kind of strategy, finally. It kind of fits in with everything that we're talking about. Young, talented, perhaps really good value, but I'm sure Norwich, uh, who are top of the championship, are not going to just let him go for nothing. We'll see if that happens anyway. But, you know, those are the kinds of targets that I think uh, Arsenal should be definitely looking at. What What do you make of it? I like specifically the Buendia target. Um, I liked him in the Premier League. I, I think he's one of those players that, probably should have stayed it's smart of Norwich to be able to hold on to him for this long but I think he's one of those players that when Norwich went down he should have just stayed <laughs> someone should have gone and taken that man because his numbers just like on the pure eye test like it's just like why is he here no disrespect Norwich, <laughs> but he shouldn't be in the championship um I think Arsenal should go ahead and make like a real bid and not disrespect Norwich by, by trying to lowball them because he is such a good player he is so important to them like you have to pay them fair value that's kind of how I look at it. Uh, but he is exactly the type of player Arsenal should be targeting. Young, exciting, a lot of, a lot of drive to like achieve something. Um, and that's Arsenal needs younger, hungry players who haven't really won trophies but want to get them and want to get them in an Arsenal. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's exactly the type of, of signing they should be targeting. I think obviously Hussam Awar was the uh, the like name that was at the top of everybody's uh, list for through the summer even before, but it. Leon doesn't play around like if you don't pay what they ask for they just won't sell <laughs> and, right. and I very much respect that as a club and so it looks like if we're if they're not going to pony up the like 50 million plus whatever it is going to be for our um, move on so I think Buendia is a, absolutely a, a fantastic option continuing to trust Emil Smith Rowe but like you have to trust him and play him but also you have to have extra options you have to have a fully fledged out squad because he's what 20 years old like you he he's a kid he's still a kid like as much as you want to trust the kids uh you have to have other options because like he might have a, a bad day again like that's how it happens when you're 20 years old <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean he doesn't turn 21 until july like he's still a young kid like and he's not the only one um, i had no idea what i was doing when i was 20 years old <laughs> are you kidding i don't have any idea what i'm doing now like let alone at 2021 <laughs> Facts. Absolute facts. facts. All right, let's go around quickly in the transfer window. Some interesting storylines, of course, uh, not just uh, the Premier League, but all over Europe. We actually talked, Aaron, last time about Christian Eriksen. Um, an interesting uh, situation there. Well, I, I don't know. The more I read, obviously, we know his talents, but like, I feel like nobody wants him. <laughs> Maybe it's the uh, the wage situation. Right? 
maybe it's the weight situation, but it is very weird to me uh, that, you know, I get, I, it must be the contractual weight situation. What do you make of it? Because you said, you know, you'd welcome him to Arsenal. I don't think it would be a bad move for anybody in the Premier League uh, with, uh, with obviously realistic expectations. Yeah, I, it's, that one is weird to me. It's like, though, when I look at a situation like that and just no one seems to want a player, it's probably like a big part of it is he gets paid so much. <laughs> um, yeah. He gets paid a lot and they're going to have to pay a transfer fee to take him off someone's hand. So it's just like a lot of money to sink into it. And everyone's like, all right, we don't have that. <laughs> we don't have it. Um, but in the, other, the other side of it is like, what is going on with him personally? Like, clearly the situation with Tottenham did not work out. There's all kinds of speculation you can make about what happened there. Um, and it's now not working out with Conte, which I actually am not surprised with because Christian Eriksen is exactly the type of player that Conte either loves or hates. And yeah. it seems like he's fallen into the latter the the category for that one. So he's just completely frozen out. But it, like, it, it almost feels like one of those situations where he's going to end up in like a smaller league where they pay a, a lot of money because no one can afford him and 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 when you're at that situation when you're at that level of a player you're not going to be like yeah i'll cut my wages in half to come play for your to you and so he get there are a lot i think a lot of football up in that situation they end up going to like a lot a few players that like went to man city early on like made massive money and then when it came time to move them on everyone was like trying to pay you that bud <laughs> what, what are we gonna do so I think I think uh Erickson's kind of in that situation where he's either like gonna be forced to take a pay cut to, to get the move he wants or he's gonna go somewhere he doesn't necessarily want to get paid the same yeah yeah you know what's interesting about Erickson too like we're talking about him and some people forget he's 28 he's not like 31 32 I know he's 28 years old it's nuts He's still he was, in his prime. He went to the World like, Cup at 26 years old. Project. Absolutely. It's crazy. Uh, we did talk about maybe PSG just saying, all right, we'll bite the bullet and bring him. But, you know, Deli Ali is also a possibility. And now that Mauricio Pochettino is there, he has two former players of his to maybe bring in. What do you think about Deli Ali? He's, he's definitely, he want, like, he's leaving. It's just more about, you know, what uh, Daniel Levy is going to do. Uh, with him we saw that actually yeah. with Ericsson in the Amazon documentary where it's like look we know you want to go we just have to make it the right way and I think this is the same thing with yeah. Deli Ali. that's exactly what's happening um I Deli Ali's situation is really interesting to me because I'm not a fan of his as a player of course so it's like I'm trying to like balance my professional side and like my petty side like ah you're not playing um <laughs> Because I'm a terrible person. Um, but his professionally, as I put on my professional hat, like his situation is really interesting because he is such a like, he's like a weird tweener player. He's not like a pure attacking midfielder. He's not like a pure like box to box midfielder. He's definitely not like a defensive midfielder, but he's like a weird kind of tweener. And so you kind of have to like, I don't want to say build your team around him, but he's got to be in like kind of an interesting tactical setup. Yeah. And it the list he gets paid pretty decently, I think. Um, and Spurs are going to want something for him. So I think, again, like the list of teams for him is not super long. Um, yeah. I like it's it's like PSG. What? Like, I, I feel like Inter is one of those teams that like randomly might come in in, in for him. Uh, but like I, as for his career prospects, it's it's really weird right now. Um, I don't 
I actually like I don't know where I see him ending up. And that's like a lot of times I'll have like a good idea where I think a player might end up. But for him, I'm like, yo, yeah, I don't know. Like you could literally write like for the, the start of the coming season, you could write any club beside his name. And I think, all right, well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, and, you know, with him, we're talking about Harrison being 28. He's 24. Like the, the, the time to move is now. Because this is going to pretty right. much determine just, the rhythm and the narrative of your own journey. It's crazy. 100%. It's just crazy. Here's the other thing, and I, something that you said, and I totally agree. He's such a specific type of positional player that being at Tottenham is actually the worst possible situation because they, ha- they I think that he needs a team where his their striker requires service as opposed to creating service himself. And Harry Kane is a striker that doesn't need service himself. He, he also creates it. Look what he does for uh, Hume yeah. Minson, et cetera. And that, so that takes away Deli Ali's like strength. Like we don't need you anymore. Like, you know, we, we don't need right. that kind of service. So he needs to go somewhere where their striker is like, you know, okay, let, let, let's see what you can bring me as a false nine, which again, very lazily, I go back to PSG. I feel like that's another one that Pochettino could use. But I, it goes back to what we talked about. You know, how much are they willing to pay for either somebody that's been at the World Cup, 28 years old, knows the game, you know, very important player for Denmark, to a 24-year-old who really started brightly but now is really misguided. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, and and from PSG's perspective, like, I personally don't think Deli Ali is the right move. Like he's not right. really better than any players they have there. I don't think he necessarily, it's not like he really brings a championship pedigree to that team, which is what they need to get them over the hump. They need someone who's won trophies or like is going to help them win trophies. Like, and is I think Del, and I, I like, I talk a lot of trash because I'm an Arsenal supporter, but I think Deli Ali- It comes with your blood, man. Say, <laughs> I can't help it. Yeah, I have to. Uh, I, like, I do want to say, though, I think Deli Ali is a quality player, but specifically for, like, a PSG who are trying to win Champions League, he's not the player they need. Mm. Um, maybe, like, a Lyon. Like, Deli Ali would be fantastic for a, a, a team who's, like, challenging for a title, um, going to make Champions League and, and make to, like, the quarters the, and challenge in that, that kind of realm. I think, uh, but I don't think he's a world-class player. I think he's a very good player. He just needs to play right now at this moment. And by the way, like the PSG thing, everybody, um, PSG is also, Pochettino is figuring out what to do with Verratti. He's trying to see if he moves him as a 10 and pushes him up. So, and if that, and if that happens, like there's no need for Dali Alley, you know what I mean? So, so it'll be interesting to see where he comes from. So, all right. Um, When we come back, we will talk about the United States men's national team and a big year in 2021 as Aaron West uh, joins us and talks about it as well. Stay right here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, 
you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to Que Golazo. Aaron West joining me. And we're uh, switching gears a little bit, uh, leaving Europe for a second and talking about the United States men's national team. 2021, uh, Aaron, is gigantic for the U.S. Uh, men's squad. Greg Berhalter, not just him, but also Jason Christ and the under-23s, of course, with the Olympics. Uh, January 9th is when camp begins in Florida, the IMG Academy. And there's two setups, right? There's the senior setup, 12 players with Greg Berhalter. That has your Josie Altidores, Zimmerman, et cetera. And then you have like 24 players, including Brian Reynolds, the much talked about Brian Reynolds, uh, for Jason Christ's under 23s as part of the Olympic hopeful setup. So a lot is happening, right? And a lot will continue to happen in 2021. AW, what do you think? Uh, first of all, of, of this camp, of, of what we can expect and looking ahead. I know that you actually have something in the works already coming out about this specific thing. Very hopeful for USA uh, and this year. Yeah, it's weird to be sitting here in 2021. And like when you mention the U.S. men's national team, like a smile breaks out over my face. <laughs> and like I like feel like mildly optimistic. It's just the weirdest thing. <laughs> That's where I'm like. I'm not like immediately pissed off when you mention the men's national team. I only get those feelings when you mention the women's national team. Right. Like, oh, happiness, sunshine, right. trophies, uh, success. But no, like it's a it's a really interesting place that we're like optimistic about the men's national team because we have so many like quality young players coming through. Um, the the 23 roster, the U23 roster looks very good. The the uh, main roster with a lot of like us based players is like, it's really interesting because like there's still a lot of quality players in that. And it doesn't include one European based player. Uh, I, I, I like the fact that we are finally starting to get a little bit of depth. Um, I, I am putting out a video kind of an Aaron reacts about 2020 and 2021 moving forward, just about the optimism that we have with this U S men's national team. We had a record 10, uh, U.S. men's national team players play in Champions League or at least be registered to Champions League squads last year. Um, a number of players playing for massive clubs. So it's just it's like a really cool place. Um, <clears throat> I mean, interested. I don't really have any. Uh, I'm going to be honest, like I don't have any expectations for January camp. Uh, I just kind of want to see what we see, see what we get. Um, I think it the Olympics is going to be really, really important. I think specifically the call up of I, I really think the call up of Josie Altidore to the, the main squad is is big because I just love Josie as a as a person I think his leadership his experience is so important for for both of those teams yeah um I think that as we continue to move forward like him at, in the team as a leader is just really important him being in and around the players like because of what he represents for a lot of these players like he's a 
his his guidance has been really important for a lot of these guys, I think. Um, and he scored a lot of goals. <laughs> we cannot fake on that. He scored a lot of goals too. So uh, yeah, I'm like I'm really weirdly optimistic is the best way to put it. <laughs> No, but I think that's the perfect way to be because it's like, you know, like you said, like record numbers of Americans in the Champions League, uh, experience coming back, players like Josie Altador, Zimmerman, of course. And then you have like this plethora of like MLS-based talent that can push for the under-23s on the Olympics. It's like everything's clicking in the right direction. The only thing, and because I'm not American, so I can do this, the only thing that I just stay as I play the devil's advocate. And I'm wondering your thoughts is that let's remember that the king of CONCACAF is Mexico still. So that's the ultimate thing to try and figure out, like obviously getting to the World Cup, doing well in the Nations League, Gold Cup, et cetera. But like how close can that margin go between Mexico and the U.S.? Because as well as this squad is growing, what Mexico has is a clear identity with Tata Martino right now, even without the injured uh, Raul Jimenez, of course. So it's going to be really interesting to see how much that gap closes between the U.S. and Mexico. So I was really keen on, on thinking what you think about that specific issue. No, it's, it's not like an urgency, right, to make sure that, you know, we're going to dominate Mexico, but it's very important to make sure that that margin stays as close as possible. No, I, I love it. I honestly, like, we're finally, I have always loved the U.S.-Mexico rivalry because I've always had a lot of Mexican friends. <clears throat> I've always hated the Mexican national team and loved Mexicans. <laughs> so it's like, it's the best possible thing. We always talk a lot of trash with my friends. Uh, so it's like the fact that the rivalry is going to kind of come back to the fore and, and actually be legit again. I think it's, it's kind of, it, it, even if, if the U.S. has gotten results in the last year or so, which a couple of years, like any result, which we haven't gotten, <laughs> but anything that happens, it's kind of like, you missed the world cup, but we don't care. <laughs> you weren't even there. <laughs> you, you weren't exactly. outside back then. You weren't outside. So now that the U S is starting to come back to the fore, there's actual quality in the team. I think the rivalry will start to be like real again. We've got on both sides, really quality, both young players and, and like players coming into their prime. Obviously you, uh, you mentioned, um, the Wolves player, Raul Jimenez, uh, they've got Diego Linus. They've got so many good young players in Mexico that like I enjoy watching. And, but on the other side of it, it's like, I also, as an American, I feel like confident weirdly moving forward that like, we will have something for Mexico. We'll have something for CONCACAF. We'll have something for the future. And like, I don't think it's going to stop. I think in certain ways we've gotten the pipeline figured out. Um, We've gotten development figured out in a lot of ways. There's so much more to do um, with with identifying talent and not letting them slip through the cracks kind of at a younger age and in, at, <clears throat> in the teens. But they're starting to figure it out for real. Like the academy system is legitimate. Um, the systems that are in place are legitimate. We're starting to, we see players like Brendan Aronson and Mark McKenzie coming through the union, like coming through at a young age, like all the way through. Brendan Aronson's going to RB Salzburg at, at RB Salzburg. Knock on wood, Mark McKenzie is going to gank. Um, like that is the kind of pipeline that we're producing in this country and will, I think, and I don't think it's stopping. Uh, so that's that's the really exciting thing for me is like, and I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know. I didn't know if Burt Halter was the man. I, I still don't know if Burt Halter is the man, but at least he kind of seems saying, like he yeah. has a clear idea of what he wants to do. And that's important to me. Like, even if maybe your direction isn't quite like, if, if we want you here and you're going here, at least you're going in a direction and it's like kind of in the right way and you have an idea of what you want to do. I like, I very much appreciate managers 
who I can see what they're trying to do. Like, even if I don't always agree with it, if I can see what you're trying to do and I can see you're working every day to implement processes that work towards that, I will give you a chance. And I, I see that with Berhalter. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100. percent I've interviewed Greg Berhalter a few times. I know that you you have to. He he's he's a good man. He's a good person. And the thing that I like about him is that he's pragmatic, right? It's some managers are like my way or the highway, and it's very good to have an identity. But sometimes they say my way or the highway, with not realizing that the car that you have doesn't fit this highway, right? Whereas yeah. now Berhalter <laughs> Berhalter has that. Like I feel like because they're young, they're talented, and they're all over all over the place from a positional standpoint, he has now something that he can build on. The key will be how that continues. The other thing, by the way, is that, yeah. you know, Jesse Marsh doing so many good things at RB Salzburg. I want to see, if I was an American fan, I want to see more American coaches in, in Europe as well, or at least uh, not even head managers, just like, you know, just completely multiply themselves all over Europe because I think that will be a, a big part of it too. I agree with you 100%. I think that's the kind of the next step in the evolution of American soccer is not just like players being exported is minds. Um, yeah. The recognition and the respect of like, oh, this guy. Yeah, we have one offs that can put we can put in our team. But like, no, this American can lead our club. Uh, that's a, a, a big next step. And I think Jesse Marsh is a fantastic like flag bearer for that because he's so like, he's such an intelligent manager. We always saw it when he was in the States. Uh, he's such a, a good man manager. Um, he clearly like takes his job so, so seriously. Like he's already speaking German. He was already speaking German to those guys like a year or so into the job. Uh, like, that's the kind of export that we want and we need. Um, and we, I want to see more of it. Like I think I, I so much agree with you. Like that's the next step is continue to export um, not just talent on the pitch, but in, in boardroom, in, in, managerial places all over the place absolutely absolutely all right to wrap everything up it's been so good to have aaron west once again uh, on kegel lasso all right let me ask you aaron this real quick because we haven't even touched on it all right just quickly okay just quickly who's winning Serie A? I think it'll be inter honestly i think See, inter i like, so like aw he just gives me that answer <laughs> I actually think it'll be Inter as much as I hate them. Like there's, there's something about like the kind of the way that they're racking up results in the league. Um, Conte has always been like very, very focused on the league at whatever club he's been at. He doesn't really uh, jive with Europe. Uh, he doesn't seem, he doesn't really do well there because I think of how like pragmatic or how like stubborn he is about his tactics and the way he wants to play. Um, but yeah. He is like his teams are designed to just run the league. Um, he's got Romelu Lukaku who refuses to stop scoring goals. Um, he's got that defense working. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think it it will be Inter to to just to pip it. But I obviously as a Juventus supporter and but even bigger, like I really want Weston McKinney to get himself a chip. So I hope they don't. But I I like the way things are going. I, just to be realistic, I think it'll be Inter. Wow. La Liga? Who's winning La Liga? Man, uh, I think Atleti, actually. I think Atleti might go ahead and pull it out. Um, I think they've got a really, really clear identity. They've finally, uh, Diego Simeone's finally gotten Joao Felix to work. And I think, like, the, the key piece of it has been Marcos Llorente. Like, Absolutely. His, 
he's just like a, a weird player to me. He's like, is he a, a midfielder? Is he a striker? Like, he's such a like, I think like a quintessentially Atleti player. Like he just plays everywhere and he pops up with goals. He pops up on the defensive side. Like he's literally everywhere and he's like crazy athletic. He never stops running. He's just like, it's like Atleti, Marco Cirante. Like he's the kind of player they just like randomly pop up with every few years, like a Coque or a Saul. Like he's just that kind of guy. And I think Atleti have it. Interesting. All right, let's finish up with the Premier League, Aaron. Who's winning the Premier League? <laughs> um, <clears throat> Premier League, I think I think it's going to be City. I think it's going to be City. All I right. think uh, the, it's, it's based on two things. The incredibly terrible injury luck Liverpool have had this year, um, which has been like, my God. Like every time they start to sort it out and they slot another player into like a position that he doesn't play in, somebody else gets hurt. It's like, damn, yeah. bro. Like, <laughs> I know uh, most of us like don't want to see Liverpool keep winning, but like we don't want it like this, do we? Been <laughs> <laughs> bad. Um, yeah, I think I think City and and the other side of that for Liverpool is like I don't like the excuses that that Klopp is making right now. It's like. And I like Klopp, but like the excuses he's making right now are like loser excuses almost. It's mm-hmm. like we're like the things are against us. We're not going to win this. Like I don't, I don't want to see that from like a manager like Klopp. I want to see like, oh yeah, this thing went against us. Maybe I don't agree with the decision, but we're Liverpool. We always fight. We're going to always do what we do. Uh, I really like it. Kind of bothered me to see the the United have won more penalties in two or always won more penalties in two and a half years than I have in my entire time. It's like, come on, man. Like, you don't have to do that. Like, you're, <laughs> you're literally you're the title holders. You don't have to do that. Um, and I'm probably going to get some flack for that. But I like I, I just don't like seeing that from a manager that I, I like a lot and who just I I don't think you should make excuses like you can make excuses. of You can say you can point to your injury record. Yeah, that's it's been awful. But uh, I, I think for some reason there's a feeling just around the team that they're making excuses to not win, even though they have the excuses to not win. It's not like they don't. I just don't like to see them make them. I, I yep. want to see a team like batting the hatches and say, Hey, everything, we're keeping it in here. Um, everything, everyone's against us, but it doesn't matter. Like we're going to internalize that and just go fight. But I think, I think city actually, they have, they've gotten a little bit more depth. They figured it out in the back. That's the, that was the biggest issue. Um, Juven Diaz has been a fantastic signing for them. John Stones has looked like a new man. He's pushed Imeric Laporte out. Um, and they have depth. So I, I think it's going to be them. It, uh, I think they should probably sign an attacker because I think this kind of rotating cast of like false nine strikers they've used when Sergio Aguero is always injured um, or Gabriel Jesus is injured or out of form. Like I think they needed another pure striker to kind of really push them to the next level. But I would say city. Yeah. No, no, you're not the only one. We have a few people that, that, that maybe think that I didn't ask you Bundesliga, Bayern Munich, right? Yeah. Why, why did we ask? Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. What's the point? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> they're exactly. like, they're, they're not going to stop being a, a stupid juggernaut. Like Lewandowski's not going to stop scoring 70 goals a season. Joshua Kimmich is not going to stop being a tiny German machine. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> it's happening. It's All right, final one. Champions League. Who's winning that one? Ooh. It's a good one. A lot um, of good teams. And I think that much like last season, you know, it's kind of um, 
it's not it's not totally difficult, right? Bayern Munich remains a favorite, of course. Uh, you know, Man City may be going for the first one. Real Madrid is always a threat. You know, who do you think uh, at the end of the day will, will win it all? Honestly, like I, I, I could see a Bayern repeat. Like they're not really being troubled that much in the league. They are able to kind of rotate players. They have a lot of players scoring a lot of goals. Thomas Mueller is Thomas Mueller again. Um, so I, I honestly could see Bayern repeating it. Yeah, and, and they have Lazio next, and, you know, they should be able to take care of business yeah. against them. Um, Aaron West, AW. And by the way, before we started taping, we were talking in Spanish. I am very impressed with how well his Spanish is going, by the way. Muy bien, compadre. Me encanta todo lo que estás haciendo. Um, really, so happy to have you. Always welcome here. Uh, make sure that you follow him all over social, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch as well. I'm sure he'll go off. Um, well, take care of the baby, then PS5 or other way around. Take care of the baby first. Always take care of the baby first, and then you can do whatever you want after that. That's how it works. <laughs> I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> Aaron, thank you so much for being part of KG once again, brother. I want to thank Aaron West for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please leave a rating and review. It really helps us to grow the show. Uh, please have a great rest of your week. And please keep following us and supporting us. We'll see you next time.